You're listening to Aged Care Insight Radio. A group of aged care residents has shot down stormtroopers, defended AT-ATs and explored Hoth, all in the name of cognitive stimulation. University of New England postgraduate student Alex McCord has completed neuropsychological testing of 24 Ferris Care residents before and after they tried their hand at playing the video game Star Wars Battlefront. Alex joined me to talk about the program and I started off by asking her how the residents she worked with took to the idea of playing video games and what she saw over the course of the program. Well, everyone had um, sort of a, a different sort of reaction. There were some people who were very excited to try what for them is new technology um, because there is, as, um, as the technological revolution truly takes over, there's a fear of missing out um, amongst all age groups, particularly older adults. And so there was some excitement about being able to learn how to use a new technology, um, a little bit of fear, a little bit of, oh, this is for kids, a little bit of, what is this all about? Um, but there was no one who chose to participate who didn't get um, some sort of um, interesting stimulation out of it. And what sort of changes did you uh, see in, in that neuropsychological testing? Right. So we looked at three um, sort of uh, subfunctions within executive function, which is kind of um, air traffic control for the brain. Mm-hmm. And we looked at visual attention, task switching, and working memory. So visual attention is something that you need to locate obstacles in your path. Um, task switching is the um, ability sort of to do one thing, then do another, then come back to the first thing. And working memory is being able to hold and manipulate information. So I used neuropsychological testing before we started, immediately after a month of video gaming. And then we had a month of no gaming, so sort of no contact. And we did a follow-up test. And we found that um, people improved significantly directly after playing games. And with visual attention and task switching, they continued to improve one month later. With working memory, they started to regress back toward their baseline, but not all the way, which probably indicates that to keep those benefits, gameplay should be ongoing. And there's a learning curve to any new game. So how do you navigate that with people who might be picking up a controller for the first time? Ah, So one of the inclusion criteria for the study was, in fact, that they had not done this before. And so everybody kind of started from the same same level of knowledge about um, gaming on a PlayStation. And as part of my honors research project, I created um, a very structured manual um, protocol for teaching them how to use it. So we did an orientation before the experiment started um, where for 15 minutes, you know, we sort of went through the list of first show them this, then show them that um, so that it was the same for every participant. And Um, everyone picked it up pretty well. And in fact, um, we found that it was pretty adaptive. Um, We had one participant who had a deficit on, I think it was her left side due to previous strokes. And she just learned how to use her right hand to touch all the buttons. Mm -hmm. That's impressive. Um, And how often should uh, residents be playing video games to get the sort of benefits that you saw in the study? Well, one of the things that I discovered when I did um, a fairly comprehensive literature review before the experiment 
um, is that for for anyone, um, any cognitive benefit you get out of video gaming tops out after about 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, and then fatigue can set in, which is also um, very much a consideration for older participants. Mm -hmm. So it's really not a long time. Um, in the experiment, we did 30 minutes twice a week. However, now that the experiment is over and we've just programmed it as a, an enjoyable activity, we tend to do once a week, maybe once every two weeks. And why did you settle on Star Wars Battlefront as the, the game to play? And what types of games would you suggest other HK homes look into if they, if they wish to, to start this sort of thing? Right. Um, so the reason we chose Star Wars Battlefront was, again, when reviewing the literature and neuropsychological um, benefits to gaming, it turns out that first-person action games provide mm -hmm. the best cognitive benefit. Um, and so if you're familiar with gaming, you'll know that first-person action games can often be fairly bloody and fairly violent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so it was a matter of finding the um the the game that met first person action criteria that was commercially available you know we had some great beta testing games that aren't available to the general public but we didn't want to use those because we wanted it to be something that people could just go and buy at mm -hmm. the game store um so it was a matter of finding something that ticked all the boxes for that first person action genre yet didn't contain blood swearing mm -hmm. crime etc <laughs> Yeah. Um, and as far as um, games that uh, might be recommended for other aged care facilities, um, it, it's, uh, if it's just in terms of enjoyment, um, some of our residents really do love Star Wars. Um, and we've started to kind of play around with other games and we're finding that people enjoy the driving games. Mm -hmm. um, people with more cognitive impairment um, are really happy to play the calmer games like Tetris Effect, where it's it's less about scoring points and more about having a multi-sensory experience. So they're enjoying the music, they're enjoying the um, the lovely graphics, they're enjoying holding the controller, and that's sort of a different type of experience than we might have where we're playing to win. Mm -hmm. And you've had teen helpers come along to, to Ferris Village. What did you notice about the role the video games played in, in developing intergenerational connections? Uh, it gave them something to talk about. Mm -hmm. And it gave the teens a topic to discuss with um, the residents that they were passionate about. Mm. And it's, um, you know, often if you've got um, kids or young teenagers, sometimes you'll find as a parent that they want to tell you all about the game that they've played mm -hmm. and they could talk to you about it for half an hour. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and in this case, uh, the teens had a really interested audience because the residents wanted to know about it so that they could figure out how to play. Um, we found um, that, that what worked really well was having an open day over the school holidays and we invited in um, adolescents and teenagers of staff members, and we had so many takers, and they really had fun. We could see uh, everyone's faces lighting up, both the kids and the residents, and it was just really lovely to have them all find common ground. And beyond the type of game, what, what advice would you give to to other providers interested in rolling out video games as, as an option for residents? 
Um, I think that what you need is you need um, someone on the staff, be it a lifestyle officer or positive living um, staff, you know, activities, um, who knows and understands how to play and is also passionate about it because um, I think the residents do require um, some teaching and coaching to learn how to do it. So it's important that they receive that from someone who's interested in it. And at that point, then um, you need to commit to having either kids come in or volunteers, perhaps. Um, one of the things that works really well for us is that um, our residents can check the equipment out and keep it in their rooms over the weekend when their grandchildren visit. Mm -hmm. um, so it's ensuring that they have access to the equipment um, when their family comes in. That's also key. Thank you for your time, Alex. Absolutely, Dallas. Thanks so much.